to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. I just want to share a brief message um, on choose life. Um, and uh, let's, read, let's read our scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 30. As I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set, this is God speaking to Israel, today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life and the length of your days. So Father, I'm just going to come and submit myself here unto you, God, and say, Lord, come and have your way. Lord God, come and filter my words, God, to not speak which is not from you, and give me boldness to speak that which is from you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, so there's, coming, coming to university and me going to university as well, I had, I had very much a roller coaster of a ride in terms of relationship with God. And uh, when I was about 15 years old, I grew, I grew up in church, in a, in a traditional church. I grew up there. I went to church from when I was little. Um, but I never had a personal living relationship with God. And when I was about 15 years old, for the first time, somebody actually shared that you actually have to be born again. And uh, that sort of struck me. I'm like, oh, okay. And, and I responded to, to the invitation then to, to be born again. And, but ever since, in, in high school specifically, I had this roller coaster of a ride of a relationship with God. I'd be serving Him like for two weeks or maybe two months, um, passionately, flat out. Uh, but then I'd like backslide and just, just go and do whatever I was doing and sort of forget, forget about God and just, just carry on. Until the next like worship event um, or next like amazing encounter with God, then I'd recommit my life to God and... Uh, and it lasts like two weeks or two months, anywhere, anywhere between there. Um, and that was very much high school. Um, two of the biggest stumbling blocks for me was girls and alcohol. Now, for you, it might be something different. See some of the guys smiling at me. Um, you can relate. Ladies, obviously, obviously your struggles was maybe a little bit different. But um, th- those are some of the stumbling blocks that I really just struggle with. But I, growing up, I, rea- I realized that there was nobody that really invested in me. There was nobody that really discipled me. What, what does discipling mean? It may- basically, there was nobody that really taught me how do you actually follow Jesus. Like there was this invitation to follow Jesus, and then I respond. But then after that, there wasn't really anybody that said, okay, now what? <laughs> um, so that was very much high school. And then when I went to varsity, I knew that I had to slot into a church somewhere where this is actually going to happen, where somebody can actually teach me how do I actually follow Jesus. And uh, I went to a couple of churches. I went to visit a few churches in Stellenbosch, and um, I asked God, Lord, show me where is it that you want me to be planted? Where do you want me to to invest and be invested in. And after the second time I went to Shofar in Stellenbosch, I felt that that is where God led me to be. 
is in Sharp for installing watch. Now, for you, that'll, that, that, that's, for some of you, that's going to be different. But what I do want to encourage you is, is to pray about it and ask God, where is it that He wants you to be? With 80% of students that I talk to on campus here, I ask them, do you go to church? They say, yes. I ask, where? And they refer to back home, to Zanin or to KZN, or they refer to their hometown or wherever they come from. When they go home over holidays, they go to church. And I want to say that you are really going to struggle to remain standing in a relationship with God if you only go to church in the holidays. You are here for three quarters of the year. And um, so I want to encourage you, pray about it. Where is it that God wants you to be planted here locally while you are at, in Johannesburg at UJ? It might be with us, it might not be. Okay, so I'm not pushing an agenda that you must come and join us. Okay, I want to encourage you to go and slot in somewhere where you will experience fellowship, but more so that you will experience how do I follow Jesus? And how can we together follow, follow Jesus? So in the choosing life, there's three aspects in terms of following Jesus that, that, uh, that you actually need to make a decision on. And we have this, this diagram, and you can, you can show it to us. Um, there's, there's a choice that you need to make upwards, inwards, and outwards. In choosing to follow Jesus, we choose to invest in our upwards relationship with God. But in following Jesus, in following God, having a living relationship with God, it impacts on our relationships inwards into the body of Christ into a local community, into a local church somewhere. And that is another choice that you're going to have to make. For some of you, you've never actually given your life to God. And me talking about born again is already just, it's foreign to you, and it's the first time that you hear it. It's fine. It was the first time for me as well. It was the first time for all of us at some stage. So for some of you, that's actually, that's the first choice that you need to make. Am I actually willing to commit my life to God or not? Or maybe return to God if you've turned away from him, so choosing life upwards with God, and the second choice is to to make a choice of investing in spiritual community inwards, and then the third choice is, am I going to be relevant in this world? Am I going to be, am I going to impact the world around me for the cause of Christ? Am I the good news that I have received, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fact that He is the only way of salvation? And if you truly believe that, that is going to impact the fact that your friend that's sitting next to you, maybe, that doesn't know Jesus, that if the two of you had to die right now, that you go to heaven, he goes to hell. If that doesn't sit uncomfortable with you, then I want to say, take your heart back to God, because that is very serious. <laughs> the only thing that you can take with you to heaven, by the way, is other people. You can't take your degree with you. You can't take um, possessions with you. You can't take riches with you. But you can take other people with you if you share the love of Christ with them. Can I hear an amen? It's very quiet. Everybody at the back there in the dark, are you awake? Okay. All right, read with me Mark chapter 1, verse 17. Jesus, uh, I think, was talking to Peter. He says, then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. 
Note, note that in that short verse, he's talking about upwards, inwards, and outwards simultaneously. Say, so, follow me is an upwards relationship. The implication of saying it to them, follow me, means that he's talking to more than one person. Saying that you follow me, meaning that there is an inwards relationship that you are, by implication, are going to have to get used to. Maybe you are more comfortable with serving God in your own room, in your own corner. It's me and God, and we've got this thing. Um, but I want to say that if you really want to be transformed by the love of God, allow Him to create stir within your heart for other people, within church and without there. Okay, so, and then, you, all, you obviously see the connection where He says, I will make you fishes of men. The outwards, the outwards things. So, by implication, if you choose to follow Jesus, there's an implication to have relationship inwards with other disciples, with other followers of Jesus as well. And by implication, he's going to make you a fisher of men. What that also says, that if the fact that he says he's going to make you a fisher of men, but means that you are not yet. So, God knows that when we come to him, we don't have everything sorted. We aren't just automatically going to know how to do this stuff. And that's where, within the context of community and in following in relationship with God, where this really, really kicks in, in, in a value, value for us. I want to just focus, just zoom in here on the, on the choosing your upwards relationship. And, and, and you're coming to UJ, and you are now, for the first time, you are under your parents. You're away from a bird's eye view from your parents. For some, that's great news. For some, it's scary. <laughs> You've got now more freedom than you ever had unless you were in boarding school. Okay? There's nobody that's looking over your shoulder about the decisions that you make on a daily basis. Okay? So you've got a lot of freedom, and you can decide what you're going to do with your time. You can decide what you do with your money, if you have any. Students normally don't have much. Um, but you can still decide what you're going to do with your time and your finances and relationships. How are, you going to, are you going to be dating? Who are you going to be dating? Are you going to have multiple girlfriends, multiple boyfriends? Um, by the way, I'm not, I'm not saying do that. I'm just, just saying those are some of the choices that you are confronted with, okay? Um, you have more freedom now than what you ever have had, okay? And from here on going forward, most likely... As long as you pass your subjects, your parents will actually leave you alone. <laughs> um, if you don't pass your subjects, then they sort of get on your back. Um, all right, but I want to zoom in here a little bit on your, on your upwards choice, on the choice of having a relationship with God or not. And uh, you can read with me this scripture out of Luke 9. Once, when Jesus was praying in private... And his disciples were with him. He asked them, Who do the crowds say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come, come back to life. Then Jesus says, What about you? He asked, what do you Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, You are God's Messiah. Some other translations say you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
I'm reading out of the New King James Version in case your translation just differs slightly. And the fact of the matter is here at UJ, you can go and ask people. You can ask people in your residence, even some of the friends you made already, who do you say Jesus is? I say Jesus is and not Jesus was because he's alive. <laughs> he's, he rose from the dead. But even though if you don't believe in the existence of Jesus overall, do yourself a favor and just go and study history. Okay, we are in the year 2017 after Christ. Jesus Christ had such a big impact on human history that it redefined all of the time when we're actually counting, that it impacts the whole world. So the fact of the matter that he actually existed is true. Okay, you can do a little bit of history search outside of the Bible and you can come to the conclusion that Jesus really existed and he was really here on earth. So that leaves you with one of three choices. Okay? And I've put it up there for you. Either Jesus what did the claims that he made about himself, he knew was wrong, that he, he said that he is the son of God. That's one of the claims that he made. If, if he knew that he wasn't the son of God and he said it, then he is a liar. Or, if he said that he is, he is Lord, that he is the son of God, and he believed it but he was not, means that he's crazy, or he was crazy, that he's a lunatic. Well, the third option is that he actually was who he says he was and that he is Lord. That really is only one of three conclusions that you can make. So maybe you're here and you actually don't believe in God, you don't believe in this Jesus stuff, you don't believe in this church stuff, you just came along because there's going to be a lot of other people and it's going to be like, um, just to check it out, or maybe your seniors forced you to come or whatever. Um, by the way, if you're going through initiation, I don't know if there's any mon people monitoring you or whatever, um, it was rough in our days, okay? You guys, there's, you're not allowed to be initiated anymore, okay? But what I want to encourage you, this is just a side note, okay? It's not got nothing to do with the message here. Like, get involved in res. It, it made me fail my, my first year, okay? <laughs> don't, don't do that, but um, get involved uh, in res. You really build friendships at this time of your life that will last um, most of your adult life. The friendships that you make now and then you invest in is going to last a long time. And res culture has really got a, has got a lot to offer in terms of fun and, and even clean fun. All right. Okay, sorry, that was just on the side. Where, I, I sidetracked myself. Where was I? What was I saying? <laughs> okay, you've got three choices. Jesus is either a liar or he's a lunatic or he's Lord. And like I said, maybe you're here and you don't believe in this stuff. But like I say, if you do yourself a favor, if you don't want to believe me, just go and do a little bit of a search of history and you'll, and you'll quickly realize that, that Jesus did exist. But you can only make a conclusion of one of three things about the claims that he made about himself. And it's one of those three things. So what I'm saying is that you have a choice to choose which one of those. And I want to say, don't just leave it up to chance. Do you know how long eternity is? Very long. <laughs> okay? Eternity is a very, 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 very long time. Okay? 
So this side of eternity, I want to say this is too a critical decision to make to just leave it up to chance. I don't want you to leave here and turn around one day and say, hey, why did you not tell me that this stuff is for real? And apart from, apart from the fact that, that we experience that reality when Jesus returns or when we die and we go to heaven, apart from the fact that we experience that reality, Jesus actually in Scripture says that eternal life is to have relationship with the Father. And we can have a relationship with the Father this side of eternity. And it's a living relationship. It's not like a relationship you have with your dog or with your car or whatever. It's, it's a living relationship where God actually talks, talks to you. You talk to Him. And it's, it's a living relationship. And I want to say, if you haven't experienced God in a living relationship kind of way, you haven't experienced God yet. Maybe you've gone to church your whole life and you've done religion. You've done all the right things. You've read your Bible. You've prayed. You've gone to church because your parents made you to or your grandmother made you to. But if you have not experienced living relationship with God, I want to say that you've perhaps not entered into living relationship with God. And I want to say start there with choosing life. Choosing to make Jesus Lord of your life. There's a couple of implications of making Jesus Lord of your life. Okay, even if you come to the realization like Jesus, yes, oh, he is actually who he says he was and he, he is actually the savior of the world, but there's a couple of implications that that has on our lives. And some of us aren't willing to pay the price of what, that, what those implications are. Okay, you can follow with me on this, on this scripture. And what I'm saying here is that there are, some, there are some serious implications in the fact that if you want to follow Jesus, there are very serious implications in our lives. Do yourself a favor and don't go to church even if you are not willing to do this. Okay. Luke 9, from verse 23, says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when He comes in His glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. You see, what I'm saying there is that even though we realize that Jesus might be who He says He is, there's the, we need to be willing to lay down our lives. Like Jesus paid the ultimate price on the cross. Okay, why are we in this predicament? Because of what Adam and Eve did. They sinned. And we can't point fingers to them because we've also sinned. We all have sinned. I have sinned. I've sinned lots. <laughs> why do you laugh? <laughs> you know, pastors also sin sometimes. <laughs> That's a news flash for you. <laughs> okay. But the fact is that we all need salvation. We all need a Savior. Because we have all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. But the good news is that even though we were lost in our sins, Jesus came and He died for us and He paid the penalty for our, for our sins. Why did He have to die on the cross? Why did he need to, His blood need to be shed? It's a way that God made a plan of redemption. And we like, sometimes we're like, oh, but why, why all of this, why all of that? I want to say that when Adam and Eve sinned, God could have decided to wipe all of mankind and start over again, press the reset button. It's probably what I would have done. 
<laughs> but he decided that he's not going to give up on mankind, and he made a way of redemption throughout the whole Old Testament. He preserved the nation all the way through until Jesus was born, and then he threw it open to all nations. A way of redemption. And we're living now in the dispensation of grace where there's an opportunity for us as mankind to actually come back to him. And the thing is that our sins need to be paid for, but Jesus already paid for that through his blood. And you can't, you can't do all the right stuff and think you're going to be get brownie points and then get into heaven. Think about this for a moment. If you had to die right now and you get to the heaven's gates and whoever stands there, angel, Gabriel, or Moses, or Abraham, or whoever, stands there and they're like, why, like, tell me why must I allow you into heaven? Well, let's say Jesus stands there. Say, why must I allow you into heaven? What would you say? I can tell you a lot of the conversations that I have with people. Say, why, why, why must I allow you into heaven? Normally people say, well, I lived a, I lived a pretty good life. I wasn't too bad. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> what, what is, where, where do you draw the line then? Hitler also thought that he wasn't too bad. Um, but the fact of the matter is, it's, it's, it's not based on how good or how bad we are. We all have sinned. And I have this conversation, I'm like, I ask, them, I ask people, have you ever sinned? And some, some people say no. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, can we put that to the test? And I ask, can, have you ever told a lie? Yes. So I'm like, so anything you tell me after this, I might have to double check whether I'm actually going to believe you or not. And somebody that lies, you call a liar. Have you, st- have you ever taken something that doesn't belong to you? And steal, that's not always applicable to you. Have you ever looked at somebody and you hated them? Then you've committed murder in your heart, Jesus says. Have you ever, don't answer this out loud, okay? Have you ever slept with another person? Have you ever had sex outside of marriage? Don't shout out, okay? If, even, even, if you answer no, if, even if you answer no to that question, if you have looked in lust after another woman or another man, you've committed adultery in your heart, which, ma- which makes you an adulterer. If you've ever put anything before your relationship with God, that is idolatry. It's not like bowing down to a statue necessarily, but you are making a priority of something that is, that shouldn't take up the place of God. Okay, that's only to name five of the Ten Commandments. Okay? I'll, I'll spare you the other five. Okay, are you all convinced that we've all sinned? Okay. And because we've sinned, we need a Savior. It's not by our own effort that we are going to be able to make it into heaven. It's because Jesus paid that price. And the scary thing is, is only if we choose to, like that scripture say, lay down our life, pick up our cross daily and follow Him that we can save our lives. It's a paradox of the kingdom. The Bible is full of paradoxes. Like, in order to save your life, you need to lose it. It's weird, but that's how it works. We need to be willing to lay down our lives. The, The gospel, the saving grace of Jesus is free in a sense, but it costs Jesus His life. But for you to receive that grace, you need to be able to lay down your life. And then from that place, the gospel has implications on your life 
that's far-reaching what you actually realize now. Every day and every year, I am still being transformed more and more and more and more into His likeness. And very recently, I've just gotten so, again, so confronted with all of my own shortcomings within marriage, within just being a father, being in ministry. And you look at all these shortcomings, you're like, ah, God, what a wretched man I am, like Paul said. But God's grace, if you continue to lay down your life and follow Him, then you will be saved at the end of the day. Okay, so in conclusion, how are we doing on time? Hey, we're still doing fine. All right. Okay. In conclusion, you've got a couple of choices to make. First, you need to choose either life or death. And I want to say, choose life. What is life? Life is relationship with God. In order to choose life, you actually, in a sense, need to choose death. Death of yourself, of your own will of your own rights, and say, Lord Jesus, you know what? I'm willing to follow you. I'm willing to lay down my life to follow you and have a relationship with you, and from that place do anything that you actually say. Not, not man. You're not laying your life down for me or for, 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 for a man. You're laying your life down to follow Jesus. Because that's the first choice that you, that you are confronted with. And as a part of that, if you're still sort of like, oh, I don't know, I'm not so sure about this, I want to remind you that you've got one of three choices to make in conclusion about who Jesus was or is. And that he's either a liar or he's, or he's a lunatic or he is actually Lord, who he says he is. And then lastly, there are certain implications, there are certain choices that if you choose to follow Jesus, is that it's got implications for you on how you live your relationship with God on a daily basis. It's got implications on how you are going to make a point of slotting into a life-giving church here locally, your inwards choices. And it's also going to impact on how you relate to people out there. Too often I've seen Christians so withdraw from society so much because they don't want to be contaminated by the world in a sense that they actually lose their relevance in the world. What I mean by that is if all your buddies go drinking, and you say, no, I don't, I, I don't do that. I would say, go with them, but just don't drink. Yeah, these guys laughing. Huh, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I know that for some, that's going to be too big of a temptation actually to do. Okay? And for you, maybe stay away from the, from the clubs. Okay, for some. But for others, like... Um, we really mustn't distance ourselves that much from the people that don't have a relationship with God that we actually lose any relevance of speaking into their lives. Okay, so there's a fine balance to, to, to find there, especially if you're just starting out to follow God, is that there is a lot of temptations. There is a lot of difficulties. And sometimes you need to distance yourself from certain friends and from certain influences. But generally, you don't want to distance yourself so far from people that you can't actually reach out to them again. This is like a, like a very serious moment, but sometimes we get so serious, we get so religious around God that we actually miss the joy of the, 
of the fact that we lay down our lives. God says, like, count the cost. If you want to follow me, count the cost. What is it going to take of you? It's going to mean that you stop sleeping around. It means that you actually follow him. It means that you actually sit down and study. It means that you honor your parents. You honor leaders, even our president. Okay? Even if you don't agree with them, that's, that's what Scripture teaches. You honor your leaders. Whether you agree with them, whether you like them or not, you honor them. Okay? You stop like, getting drunk all the time. I'm like, I know I'm hitting the nail on the head here with some of us. Okay? I know. I was a student. Okay? Okay? So I'm putting out those things. I'm putting it out there because that is part of the cost that you need to count. Are you willing to lay down your life and the fun that the world has to offer and trade that into and trade it in for what? For a cross. What does a cross signify? It signifies death and life. But real life, true life, eternal life, and relationship with God.